Hey guys, welcome to the One Life Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today, and we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Enjoy the message. This morning, you know, we're going to continue our series on harvest time. Who's been enjoying harvest time? Yeah, who's been sharing the gospel with people this month? Yeah, great. That is awesome. It's so good to uh, be able to share the gospel with people and have the opportunity to pray with people and pray for people. Um, Before I start today, I just want to share a quick story um, about my mother. My mother, we've all got a mother, yeah? And uh, God bless my mother. She was born extremely nearsighted and uh, she's always worn glasses all her life as, as long as I've known her. And uh, I, I recall having a, a conversation with my mother once and I said, Mum, how did you figure out that you had a problem with your vision? And she said, well, I didn't. Um, she said that, you know, she would see colours and that she would see uh, shapes and forms and things like that, but she would never actually be able to make out anything in, in definition as such. And she said, you know, after obviously running into things and, you know, her parents seeing that, that maybe there was a bit of an issue that she was taken to an optometrist and she was given her first pair of prescription glasses. And she says, uh, and I recall her talking about how amazing it was when she all of a sudden could see clouds in the sky, when she could see people's faces and, and, and smiles on people's faces and the color of people's eyes and everything came into such clarity and definition. And uh, I, I often think about this particular story that my mother told me uh, because I think it's, it's a lot like our lives, right? Before we know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we have some ideas. We have, we have a few notions about what things could be like. And then all of a sudden we have a personal encounter with Jesus Christ and our eyes become open. Our understanding becomes enlightened to the truth of who Jesus actually is. And I think it's the most amazing aspect of harvest time and of someone, you know, having not known Christ and coming to a place of knowing Christ and, and, and having an aha moment and the lights coming on and everything seeming to make sense in this world. And so I've titled today's message, Remaining Focused on Jesus. I recall, you know, that my, my, my first encounter with the power of God was probably at the age of around about six and uh, when I just see these young children up here this morning that we just prayed for for Kingdom Kids, just amazing seeing uh, such young people and excited for God and having, you know, impartation into their young lives. But I recall around about six years of age, uh, my mother again used to uh, be a pianist and still is a pianist, but she used to accompany a lot of artists in various locations. We were living in Sydney at the time and uh, we were taken to Sutherland uh, Civic Centre and my mother was playing the piano for a few people performing there, doing some rehearsals. And my sister, my older sister and myself, took it upon ourselves to go exploring Sutherland Civic Centre. Amazing place. You know, going down hallways and corridors where you're probably not meant to go. And uh, anyway, amongst one of our adventures was this courtyard that was on the first floor. And, uh, and we decided that we wanted to go out onto that courtyard. And so... It had the emergency bars like up the back of our church has and we pushed those emergency bars open and we went out into the courtyard and we had a great time playing there and uh, unbeknownst to us, those two doors had gas struts on them and they promptly closed themselves when we went out. Locked. 
couldn't open these doors after we had time out there and we, we thought we probably should go back in now. You know, we, we, we should see what mum's up to, etc. Those doors were like, you know, they weren't budging. They weren't going anywhere. And after we tried a few things, it must have rained. And I, I remember getting some water out of a puddle and throwing water on the door, thinking that was going to do something. This is six-year-old logic, okay? Work with me. <laughs> thought that that was going to do something. I all of a sudden remembered that there was a church not far from the Civic Center that, that my family had attended on a couple of occasions. It was actually uh, called uh, the Growth Center at the time. I believe it was an AOG church. And uh, I said to my sister, I said, well, how about we pray? Because uh, we know that church is just over from here. I'm sure God can hear our prayer from here. Once again, six-year-old logic. And so we held hands in that courtyard, my sister Karen and myself, and we prayed a, a very simple prayer that probably went something like this. Lord Jesus, please open this door. Amen. That's about as far as it went. As you know, we both went back to those doors that were previously locked shut, grabbed hold of the handle on the door. It wasn't a twisty handle. It was just something to grab a hold of. And guess what? The door opened. And, and to, to this day, I, I recall, you know, the power of God in, in my life through a simple prayer. Yet, I think sometimes when we, we come to Christ, and we come to a knowledge of Christ, and we have that childlike faith, and we accept Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, and as precious as that is, sometimes we can lose focus on Jesus. Sometimes we can look at the, the, the events that are going on around about us, and all of a sudden, our focus is shifted away from Jesus. And see, it's something that as believers, we've got to remain focused on Jesus and, and to point other people to Jesus as well amidst everything that's going on in this world. See, at that point in, in my life as a six-year-old, my understanding of Jesus was a miracle worker. It was a man, as Lynn said, that walked on waves. It was a man that laid hands on sick people and they got better again. And I simply came from that place of faith and said, well, if it is possible that you've done that in the past, it's possible that you can do it again. And stood on that and Jesus moved and that door became open. You see, however good or indifferent our experiences in Christ may have been, we can't afford to just settle where things are comfortable and reminisce, but we must be willing to continue to step out in faith again and again as I firmly believe that Jesus is just as willing to move in our lives today as he was you know, with the disciples, as he was the day that we gave our hearts to Jesus. You know, that people that place their faith in Jesus, Jesus is just prepared and just as ready to move in our lives and situations as he was on the day that he came and walked on the face of this earth. This is what John says in John chapter 6, verse 37 to 39. And Jesus talking about doing his father's work. Where was Jesus' focus? His focus was on his father. And Jesus said this, he said, Everyone the father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will never drive away. For I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall not lose, that I shall lose none of those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. See, we can be on our, our journey of faith and we can be uh, living for Jesus. And sometimes we can feel that, that Jesus is just not there. 
That Jesus is just not seeing, you know, situations that we find ourselves living in and circumstances that we find ourselves living in. Our, our, our eyes and our vision and our focus can be shifted off Jesus. And I believe the moment that we, we shift our focus off the, the, the abilities of Jesus and what he can do for our lives, we, we all of a sudden just take ourselves to this place where, you know, Jesus is wanting us to come and recognize again, refocus again that he is able, he can do, you know, amazing, impossible things that, that we seem are, are impossible. Jesus can do it and he's capable of doing it. And uh, Lynn just uh, touched this morning on, on the story of Jesus uh, coming down and walking on the water. And it's a story that I'm going to share this morning as well in, in uh, Matthew's gospel. And uh, Lynn alluded to that a bit that, that Jesus had just fed 5,000 people, not including uh, women and children. And so we can assume that there was a lot more people than, than just 5,000. In those times, I would just count men. Um, and so Jesus has just fed 5,000 people. He's, he's, you know, could be exhausted, probably exhausted from the day and, and from sharing and from teaching. And we see this miracle. And then Jesus turns around to his disciples and he says, you know what, get in the boat and go to the other side. This, this story is told in three of the Gospels. Uh, it's told in Matthew, it's told in Mark, and it's told in John, all with slightly uh, uh, different uh, uh, accounts of what took place. But we're going to look at Matthew's account today. And Jesus finds himself up on a mountain praying. And, uh, and, and then all of a sudden, Jesus sees that the disciples are down crossing back over again and uh, it's about 3 a.m. in the morning and all of a sudden a big storm whips up and and, and you know they're, they're, they're worried they're concerned they're, they're going for it they're not really getting anywhere and uh, I relate to this story sometimes because sometimes I'm like the disciple in the boat and, and you're rowing and, and you're just not making any progress you're just not getting anywhere and life can feel like that at times it can feel like you're just not breaking through you're just not getting anywhere we're going to pick this story up in uh, Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. And it says, Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. Remarkable that Jesus actually did all that by himself. 5,000 people, it's time to go. Sure. Um, after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. Then the disciples saw him walking on the water. They were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. <clears throat> but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Jesus says, yes, come. Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. It's a remarkable story, this one told in Matthew's gospel. 
And uh, in, in other Gospels, in Mark's Gospel, it actually talks about Jesus having seen that the disciples were in trouble. And, and Jesus saw what was happening in their life at that point in time. And it also says in Mark's Gospel that when Jesus came walking on the water, he seemed to even just walk past them. As if to say, you know, well, I'm here. But he had an intention of walking past. There was this mention of Jesus actually just walking past them as if though he didn't even anticipate to step in the boat. And it's a really uh, interesting story because we think about what was Jesus doing out there walking on the water? Why did Jesus send these guys away uh, without him actually getting on the boat? And we can often read stories about the miracles of Jesus and the life of Jesus and we can be left sometimes scratching our head. And it's really interesting because when we think about Peter who actually did step out of the boat and start to walk towards Jesus and then become aware of, of, of what was going on around about him and he sank, Jesus reaches out to him, saves him and pulls him back into the boat and he tells him, ye of little faith. I don't know about you, but I don't know that I would have had enough faith to step out of the boat. And yet Jesus says to Peter, ye of little faith. And so it caused me to dig a little bit deeper into this particular text and think, God, what are you doing in here? What are you trying to, to show me? What are you trying to show the disciples? And, and the amazing thing about the New Testament, the amazing thing about a lot of the miracles of Jesus is anything that happened in the New Testament can be paralleled in the Old Testament. And there's often, uh, you find this, it'll, it'll back itself up. And uh, see, what Jesus was actually doing to disciples was he was revealing his identity. And uh, a lot of people, the disciples at the time, may not have known that, yet Jesus was all the while revealing through his miracles, revealing through different things that he did, who he actually was, to the point where Jesus says to his disciples, who do people say that I am? And so Jesus was always trying to test his disciples and those that were around about him as to his identity and who he was. And it's really interesting when we actually read those stories. And, uh, and, and I just want to reference in Job uh, chapter 9 and verse 8. And Job said this in one of his responses to his friends. He said, He alone has spread out the heavens and marches on the waves of the sea. You see, isn't it amazing how the Old Testament quite often parallels things that Jesus did in the New Testament? And so this was Jesus in a way, revealing his identity to the disciples. Jesus was God. Jesus was all-powerful. Jesus was able to do anything. He created it all. And, and, and he was always showing and revealing parts of his uh, character, parts of his identity to his disciples. But at the same time, things were also <clears throat> concealed. It goes on in uh, Job and verse 11 says, Yet when he comes near, I cannot see him. He moves by. I do not see him go by. And it's so amazing when we think about, you know, what the experience of the disciples were in, in Mark's account of this uh, particular event that, you know, it looked like Jesus was just going to go by. And, uh, you know, we see Jesus being reinforced, his identity being reinforced in the Old Testament all the time. And this was just one particular time in Scripture where we see that taking place. <clears throat> but the question for us today is, are you too overly focused on the events that are going around about us? Are you too overly focused on the storms of life to actually miss who Jesus actually is? 
and the power and the potency that is in his name. See, because we as, as believers, we that have already placed our trust in Jesus, are just like the disciples sometimes. It's right under our nose. And yet we can just, like Maxwell Smart, miss it by that much. And I believe that, that the Spirit of Christ is wanting to ignite our lives and ignite a flame within us to really believe who Jesus says he is and to, and to surrender fully to him, his identity, his power, his purpose for our lives. See, I believe in life we'll either focus our eyes on Jesus and lead forward with a heart of faith and expectancy that declares that there is no situation that is impossible for him or else we'll become overwhelmed by the storm that surrounds us and sink. And I know, friend, that Jesus doesn't want any one of us to sink. But you see, that there's, there's a tendency for us to take our eyes off Jesus. And, and there's a tendency for us to want to take matters into our own hands and, and, and say, well, I've got to work this out, and I've got, to, I've got to do this, and I've got to do that, all the while Jesus is saying, hey, look to me. Look to who I say I am. Look to what the Word declares about what I'm going to do. Have peace. Don't be upset. Don't be, you know, frazzled. Don't be anxious. Place your trust in me. See, we need to be people that place our trust in Jesus. No matter what storm is raging about us, no matter what things are trying to take our peace away, we remain sold out to Jesus. There's some things that I just want to pick up uh, real quick and just touch on in this account of Jesus walking on the water. And, uh, and the first thing is this, <clears throat> that Jesus sees us. You know that at times we can feel that, that we're all alone and, and that no one is around and <clears throat> we can be praying and yet the heavens, it just seems like our, our prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling. Anyone ever experienced that? I've experienced times like that in my life where, where I, I've been praying and I've just been believing and, 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 and I just don't seem to be breaking through. But you know, no matter where we're at, no matter what the circumstances that God has in those seasons in life for us, He sees us and He sees you. And he knows exactly what's going on in your world at the moment. He knows exactly uh, what bills need to be paid. He knows exactly what's causing you unrest at night, what's causing you to stir and, and shift. He knows exactly what's causing anxiety in your world at this point in time. He sees. He knows. He understands. The second thing is that Jesus meets us where we're at. And uh, sometimes we feel that we need to be a certain type of person or to act in a certain way or to say the right things and yet when we come as children come and just go with a really simple faith Jesus I need you Jesus I need to see your intervention in this this area or in this situation in my life Jesus I know you can do it Jesus show yourself strong and you know what Jesus shows up and Jesus moves See, we don't necessarily have to move ourselves out of the boat. Jesus meets us in the boat. He meets us in the storm. He meets us wherever we're at 
on our life's journey. It doesn't matter whether I've been to church. It doesn't matter whether my, my parents were a Christian. It doesn't matter whether I've dabbled in things in the past. And, and it doesn't matter whether I've rebelled against God. Lord knows we've all rebelled against God. The Bible says that, that no one is without sin, that we all stand before God guilty. Yet Jesus is willing and prepared to meet us exactly where we're at. I don't have to, I don't have to you know, be a certain type of person. All I have to do is say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, will you meet me right here in this moment? You know, friend, what he will do? He will meet you. He will be who he wants to be for you and who he promises to be for you. The third thing is that Jesus encourages us to take a personal step. It was really interesting that, that all the disciples just didn't leave the boat. <laughs> Would have been a bit weird, wouldn't it? No one at the helm, boat bobbing around, everyone on the water. Jesus trying to save everyone at once. He could have done that, by the way, because he was God. So if they all decided to step out of the boat all at once and they all started to sink, he could have saved them all at once. Let's just clarify that. But they didn't. Peter took a personal step. And you see, in our lives and in, in the lives of people that don't know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, people need to take a personal step. People need to be able to say, you know what? I've heard about Jesus. I, I, I've, I've uh, heard a lot of stories from people that know Jesus. I've, I've seen a few, you know, uh, presentations on, on the computer or whatever it might be, whatever you, you, whatever you come with. You need to take a personal step towards Jesus. And Jesus wants people to take a personal step towards him. I like this quote of David Jeremiah, and he says, The only way the corporate body of Christ will fulfill the mission Christ has given it is for individual Christians to have a vision for fulfilling that mission personally. As Christians, we can often think that it's the preacher's job, it's the pastor's job, or it's the evangelist's job, or it's someone else's job. But see, each one of us are personally responsible for the mission. And Jesus has a, a mission for each one of us to fulfill. If, you, if you're here today or you're listening to this at a later date and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, Jesus has a plan and a purpose and a mission for your life. As believers, I want to encourage us today to see with the eyes of Jesus, to see who he is. You know, Jesus wants us to take a, a drink of him. Jesus wants us to be people that uh, allow our lives to be filled with his spirit. <clears throat> Jesus wants us to be people that look with the eyes of Jesus that says nothing is impossible and that there's no one person <clears throat> that is too hard for Jesus to save. And church, I just want to encourage us to be people that pursue a relationship with Jesus, but people that are prepared to tell other people about Jesus as well. And amidst everything that's going on in life at the moment, to keep our eyes firmly focused on Jesus and his potential and what he says he would do. I want to finish with a story, and I'd like to invite the musicians to come. A man came upon a Little League baseball game one afternoon when he was walking in the park. He stopped and asked a boy about the score. The boy responded, 18 to nothing, we're behind. The man said, I bet you're discouraged. The little boy replied, why should I be discouraged? We haven't been up to bat yet. Isn't it good to come from a place of faith 
to come from a place of expectancy that Jesus can do exactly what he said he would do. And I want to encourage us today to be people that continue to look to Jesus, continue to come with that first love experience, continue to be people that, that out of that, that experience that we have with Christ, to go and tell other people about Jesus and what he's prepared to do and is doing, amen, what Jesus actually is doing today. Jesus is moving today. Jesus is, is not just in the, in the pages of the New Testament or revealed in the Old Testament. Jesus is revealing himself to people today. And he's, he's, he's wanting us to be spokespeople for him. I want to leave us with a scripture, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 to 21. Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, having talking to the Ephesians, says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever Amen. So be it, God, that, that everything that, that we could possibly ever think or imagine, you are able to do and accomplish through people's lives. Ordinary people like you and like me, that Jesus is prepared to work through and allow his spirit to flow through into other people. Amen. Let's pray today. Lord, we want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you, Jesus, that, that you encourage each one of us to be people that remain in keeping our eyes focused on you. Jesus, we see you in the, in the Old Testament. We see you in the New Testament. But Lord, I pray that this day, today, the 21st of November, 2021, you give us eyes to see you today. Eyes to see you in the lives of other believers Eyes to see you moving behind the scenes in other people's lives. Eyes to see that you are at work today. Lord, may our eyes always remain focused on you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen.